Well, welcome once again to all of you, those of you here in the sanctuary with us, and those of you worshiping online. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Genesis chapter 28? The first book in the Bible, chapter 28, shouldn't be too hard to find, right? And we're going to start at verse 10 and read to verse 22. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? Genesis chapter 28, starting from verse 10. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and laid down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. Then Jacob awoke from his dream and said, surely the Lord is in, the, in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it and named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word and to hear from you. And Lord, indeed, we pray that your spirit would come and fall fresh upon us, that you would move and have your way, and that truly you would speak. And so, God, we pray that you would come and that you would speak to your people this morning. Help us, Lord, to listen and to be obedient as we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. For Jacob to have gotten to this point in his life, it was quite a journey. And this is part five in the series that I've been talking to you about, about Jacob versus Esau. You see, Jacob was running away from home. He was on a journey because he had deceived his father and his brother. And now he was headed toward his uncle's house. Because he was afraid that because of what he did by stealing the blessing from his brother, his brother was going to kill him. 
And in fact, that was the plan. So Jacob packed up what he could carry and he left home and went on his way. And it tells us that it was at sundown that he stopped in this place to rest and to, to lay his head. And, and what that means is that he stopped because it was getting dark and there were no street lights or anything for him to be able to see his journey. And so he started a fire. He probably tried to cook something to eat and he slept. And in order for him to do so, I mean, he was limited in what he had with him. Because remember, he was only taking with him what he could carry and what he could hold. So he didn't have much, but he found a rock, a stone, to lay his head against. He was content with sleeping there for the night, with using that rock as a makeshift pillow, and to stay there to, to be able to rest before his journey continued the next day. You see, when I read this, I see the fact that Jacob was content with his current situation. He was content where he found a place to stop. He was content with the stone that he found to rest his head against. He was content with what was happening to him right now. And in the same way, it is important for us to learn to be content in and with your current situation or circumstances. Learn to be content with where you are right now. Learn to be content in what position or what place you are in right now at the moment. Learn to be content with the circumstance that you are in at the moment. To be content means to be satisfied or showing satisfaction with things as they are. You see, too many people are discontent. Too many people are discontent, and when we are discontent, what that means is that we're no longer thankful, we're no longer grateful, we're no longer appreciative of what it is that we have and what God has blessed us with. That's what it means when we are discontent with what we have or what with our circumstance, is that we forget about all the blessings that God has given us, and we focus on all the things that we don't currently have. That's what it means to be discontent. When we're discontent, we're not looking at the blessings that God has bestowed, but rather on the things that he has not yet given us. Most of the things around us in this world tell us to be discontent. Did you know that? The things around us, the things that bombard us every day tell us, don't be content with what you have. Go for more. Go for bigger. Go for better. You deserve the newest phone. You deserve to have a bigger house. You deserve to have a better car. You deserve to have this and that. That name brand, this name brand. You deserve a better job, a bigger television, a better looking spouse, bigger lips, longer hair. You deserve to have it all. That's what the world tells us. People are so caught up in catching up with the latest thing. You know, you think about it. You buy a brand new phone, okay? For example, you buy a brand new phone. Within six months, that's old technology, right? Something new is coming
coming out because there's always more. There's always more. And so we're left with this sense of discontentment because we don't have the best. We need to have the best. We need to have bigger. We need to have better. And so we're never satisfied with what we currently have. We're bombarded with things that make us feel like we have to get it. That what we have is not enough. It's not good enough and we're not to be content with it. Now, I want to make sure that you understand that I'm not saying that you shouldn't strive to improve yourself. That you shouldn't strive to do better, to get higher education, to try for, you know, a bigger, a better promotion or job or, or whatnot. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when we look at our current situation and circumstance to not focus on what it is you don't yet have, but on what God has given you and blessed you with. Where you are right now, to look at it and say that I am thankful, to be thankful and content with where you are right now. In a recent message, Pastor Nick spoke of living within your financial limitations. Do you remember that? And, and if you didn't listen to that message, you need to make sure that you do that at some point. That means that you might not be able to afford the things you want right now, okay? But that does not mean that one day you won't be able to do it. You may not be able to get everything that you want right at this moment. You may not be able to afford it, live in it, drive it right now, but that's not to say that you never will. But it's important for you to be content with what you have right now. Adjust your lifestyle to meet your financial limitations and be realistic with where you are right now. Adjust your, your ideas of what you want and, and what you need to do. Be realistic with what it is that you can afford and what it is that you can have. That means that you don't need to buy a new outfit every week if you can't afford it. You don't need to go and do your nails. Do it at home if you can't afford it. If you can't afford to color your hair at the salon, do it at home yourself. Get your spouse to help. There are certain things that you don't need to go out of the way to get. Pack your own lunch instead of buying lunch every day. Be realistic with your expectations. Learn to live without it sometimes. You see, when we're discontent, when we're discontent, we find ourselves wanting to go out of our way to get things to make us feel good, right? Follow me on this one. When we're discontent, we start accumulating things because we feel like that's what's going to make us feel good. And when we do that, we start putting ourselves in debt we start maxing out credit cards. We start ruining our credit. We start borrowing money from family members and friends and then ruining those relationships because we can't pay them back. We start doing all these things to buy things that we think we want, we think we need, but at the end of the day, we're still unhappy. Stop putting yourself in debt. Stop going out of your way to buy things that you don't even need, that you can't afford, that you don't use anyway. Ask yourself, do I really need this? 
can I live without it? You know, when I lived at home with my parents and, you know, we would go shopping, I'd pick up a whole bunch of stuff, right? And I remember one day, I put the stuff on the counter with my mom's stuff, right? And so she said to the cashier after cashing out, that's hers on a separate bill. Well, I was a little taken back and I looked at it and I thought, do I really need this? You know, when it comes out of your pocket, you start to think, do I really need that? You know, on the second thought, I have enough. I don't need another one of those, right? Ask yourself, do I really need this? Can I live without it? Is it going to make a difference in my life if I have it or not? Don't buy it if you can't afford it. You see, your children don't care how big your house is. They don't care about the latest things that you have in there. What they care about and what they will remember is that you were present, that you were there, that you attended their sporting events, that you spent time with them, that you sat down to ask them how they were, that you watched a television show with them. Those are the things they're going to remember. In 20 years, your spouse is not going to remember all the gifts that you gave them. What they're going to remember was that you were a god godly spouse, that you were faithful, that you did your best, and that you were there. Those are the things that are important. You see, many times we spend our time pursuing things that money can buy, but they don't make us happy. Because the true happiness comes from things that we cannot buy in the store. They come from things that we cannot charge on a credit card or we can't borrow from someone else. Are you following me today? True happiness comes only when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Too many times we allow what we have or what we don't have to determine our happiness. We allow those things to determine whether we're happy or we're joyous. If I have this, then I'll be happy. If I don't have this, then I won't be as happy. If I do this, if I do that... I don't know if any of you have ever taken your your children or grandchildren to the store and they've said to you, if you just buy me this, I promise I'll never ask for anything else. Has that ever happened to any of you? Right? If you buy me this, I promise I'll never ask for anything else. I don't want anything else. This is what I want. Okay? Well, you buy it for them. What happens after that? Well, They may be content with it for a while. They may enjoy it and like it and love it and play with it. But as soon as it breaks, as soon as something new comes out, as soon as something better comes out or something catches their eye, guess what they want now? They want the other thing, right? They're never fully content with the thing because that's not where true joy comes from. True joy does not come from things. You know why I think a lot of people are unhappy and unsatisfied with life? I think that many people are so unhappy and unsatisfied because they're looking for their joy in all the wrong places. They're searching for something that they cannot find in drugs, in alcohol, in gambling, in all the things of this world. They cannot find that. People search so long and so hard, but yet are left discontent and unsatisfied because that's not where true joy comes from. Some of the happiest people in this world 
are people who don't have very much. Take, for instance, I've never been, but many of you have told me that you've gone on uh, work and witness trips or mission trips to Cuba, right? The people in Cuba don't have very much. In fact, compared to us, they, they barely have anything. And many people are left feeling so sad about their situation. And even though they don't have a lot of stuff, let me tell you that those people can worship God, <laughs> They can worship God because their happiness is not tied to the stuff that they have, but to the Lord and the joy that he brings us. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, the psalmist says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. You see, if your joy isn't coming from the Lord then you're looking for it in the wrong place. If your joy isn't coming from the Lord, then you're not going to experience what true joy and satisfaction is. Until you truly experience the presence of God, until you've had that encounter with the living Christ, you will never truly be satisfied. You see, when God created us, he created us with a part of him. Because he breathed the breath of life, his own breath, into our bodies. And so there's a connection that was made. And until we reconnect our spirit with God, follow me on this. Until our spirit connects with God, we will always feel that emptiness and that void because we were made for more than this world has to offer. When we truly encounter God's presence, when we truly have that relationship with him, only then will we experience that fullness, that emptiness that was once there will be filled, that we truly will know what it means to be satisfied, to come hungry and leave full, come thirsty and leave quenched. We will truly be able to experience him then. I want to ask you a question, and it may seem a little silly, but bear with me. Think about it. Is God enough for you? Is God enough for you? Take this seriously and think about it. And, and we're, we're prone to answer automatically, of course he is, right? But if you had nothing else, if there was nothing else that you had in this life except for God, would that be enough because our joy shouldn't come from the things that we have, but it should come from Christ alone, knowing him and being filled with his spirit. In the book of Philippians, the apostle Paul talked about being content, what true contentment is. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, he says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He has learned the secret of being content. And that secret is being surrendered and filled with Christ. Whether I have a lot or whether I have a little. Whether I make a lot of money or I don't make a lot at all. Whether I have the latest stuff or whether my stuff is old with holes in it. I have learned to be content. Because I know where my joy comes from. 
You see, learning to be content requires for us to look at our situation, to look at our situation and to say to ourselves, I might not have it all now. I might not have the things that I want or the desire or I pray for right now, but I certainly have a lot more than other people. I certainly have a lot more than I deserve. And I certainly am blessed. Look at this picture on the screen here. It says, when life is difficult, remember, there are those praying for the things we take for granted. We have so much to be thankful for. The things that we take for granted, many people are just praying for and waiting on for God. Look at your situation and say, you know what? I see my situation. It's not ideal. It's not what I want. It's not where I want to be. But surely God has blessed me and given me more than I deserve. Jacob was content with his current situation. You know why I believe that Jacob was content with his current situation? I believe it's because he knew it was only temporary. He was content with his situation because he knew that it was only temporary. The place he stopped to lay his head wasn't where he was staying permanently. He knew that he was leaving in the morning, that this was not his final destination, that he was simply passing through and would not be staying there very much longer. You see, when a place is temporary... When a situation is temporary, we can be more content and understanding, right? Because we know that it's not going to last very long. We know that it's not going to be permanent and it's not going to stay that way forever, that we're not staying there that long, that we're headed somewhere else. Do you see where I'm going with this? In this life, we can learn to be content, we can learn to be content with what we have, with our situation, with our circumstances, with what we're going through right now, because we're simply passing through this life. This world is not our home, but we're simply on a journey to our final destination, which is heaven, which is living in the full presence of God. And when we understand that the things that we do on this in this world and on this earth is only temporary, then we can be more content with our situation. Do you see that? And whether we're here for 10 years or 100 years, when we compare it to eternity on the scale where things, time will be no more, where it just doesn't end, our life on earth is simply less than the blink of an eye. Do you see that? That when we, we look at our life and our circumstances, that this life, yes, is important. Yes, this life is good and God wants us to live the best life that we can. But we spend so much time striving to make this life so good and so comfortable that we forget we're not staying here forever. That we forget that we are just passing through, that this is only temporary. Are you ready for your final destination? Are you ready that at any point that time can come to an end? 
You see, when we truly have repented of our sins, when we are trusting in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of our lives, then we can be ready that whenever that time on earth comes to an end, we don't have to worry. We don't have to hold on or beg for more time because we know where we're going. We know that we are bound for heaven and that God will be there. We can be content with our situation. It's important to be ready. Like Jacob, we can be content because our situation is only temporary. You see, think to yourself, I may never, well, I'm thinking these things to myself. You can think what you want. But I may never be able to buy a mansion in Toronto, right? With, especially with the house prices the way they are. I may never be able to buy a house in Toronto, but that's okay. You know why? Because my mansion is waiting for me in glory. <laughs> I may never... I may never be able to drive the fastest car in the whole world, whatever that may be, Cal, you probably know. But I may never be able to drive the fastest car in the whole world, but that's okay. You know why? Because one day I'm going to fly away from here. <laughs> I may never be healed fully and my body may never function the way that I want it to, but that's okay. Because one day God is going to transform my body and give me a new spiritual body. I may never have an invitation to dine with the Queen of England, but that's okay. You know why? Because I have a seat waiting for me at the king's table. Be content with where you are right now, with your situation, with your circumstances, because it's only temporary God is able to change that. And even if he doesn't, even if things don't work out the way that you had hoped or planned or prayed for, know that one day it's all going to change. Don't get caught up with all the stuff here on earth because our treasure is in heaven. Amen? This is only temporary. And when we truly understand that, we can give thanks with a grateful heart. Learn to be content with your current situation or circumstances. So Jacob stopped for the night to rest. And during the night while he was sleeping, he dreamt of a stairway. And in this amazing dream, he dreamt of the stairway where the angels were going up and down from earth to heaven. And as he saw this, at the very top of the staircase, the Lord was there. And the Lord spoke to him in this dream that he had. And God spoke to him and said, I am the God of your father and your grandfather. I am God. He spoke to him and he gave him this vision and this realization that he truly is God. You see, when we read that, we can get confused and say, well, you know, what does that mean? Why did he do that? But when I read that, you know what I think from it? That God wanted him to know that I'm not just the God of your father, of your forefather, of your forefathers. I'm not just the God of this person and that person, but I am your God. I am your God. You see, it's important for us to make that personal decision for ourselves. 
God is not to be just the God that you worship because your parents worship that God or your parents or your grandparents or your spouse or your children or your aunt or your uncle, whoever, that's their God. And yeah, sure, I'm Christian because my parents are or my grandparents are. God wants to be your God. And he needs to be your personal Lord and Savior. He needs to be your personal God. You see, each of us needs to make that decision for ourselves. We need to make that decision for ourselves. Jacob experienced God speaking to him. And even though God may not necessarily speak to you in the same way, may you know that he is your God, that he is the one true living God, and he wants a relationship with you. And all we need to do is call upon the name of the Lord to believe in our heart and to confess with our mouth, and we will be saved. He wants to be our personal God. God is a very personal God. He is there right in the midst with us. He is there helping us and walking with us through all of life's journey. And we need to make sure that we make that decision for ourselves. This is not even my second point, but we need to make sure that we make that decision for ourselves because we can't get to heaven on someone else's faith. We can't get to heaven on someone else's claim or belief. We get to heaven because we have made that personal decision for ourselves. He is your God. He says to Jacob that I am your God, that I will be with you and I will protect you. You see, he tells us the same thing. I will be with you and I will protect you. Sometimes we wonder, God, are you even there? When we go through things in our life, we wonder, God, do you, do you see this? Are you there? How come you're not helping us? But know that God is right there with you. That he promises that he's not going anywhere. He promises that he will carry you through in the moments that you can't go through. That when you walk through the water, the floods will not overtake you. That when you go through the fire, that you will not be burned. You see, God does not always save us from those things, but he goes with us through it. You know why? Because he wants us to know that the reason we made it to the other side was because he was right there. We can't make it to the other side without him. And so sometimes we have to go through those things. But it's through those trials and through those things that we go through that our, that our faith is strengthened. And we know that God is right there. We know that he is there with us. May you truly experience the presence and the power of God. May you truly learn to be content, not in the things of this world and not in stuff that we can buy with money, but truly being content in the presence and the fullness of God. Experiencing him in ways that money can't buy. Experiencing the things that he offers that can only come from him. True forgiveness, peace, patience, joy, love. All of those things that the store doesn't sell or you can't buy on Amazon only come from him. May we have a desire to place our faith and our trust in Jesus. Can you imagine a God who loves you so much, who has come to earth to die in place for you so that you could have the opportunity to go to heaven with him? And all we need to do is offer. God says, come just as you are. 
Just as I am, I can come before God. I can come broken and leave healed. I can come the way that I am and be transformed and changed because he changes us when we come into his presence. I have five points today and we just got through one. <laughs> but that's okay because next week we're going to finish it. So come back next week to hear from God and what he has to say to you. But let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you have given today and for the challenge that you've put forth. And truly, God, I pray for each person here today that you would help them to leave here changed and transformed, that you would renew their mind and their understanding of you. God, I truly pray that they would experience true joy and contentment with the things that they have, with what you have blessed them with. Lord, may you help us to look at all of the blessings that you have bestowed upon us and be grateful and thankful that we truly would count our blessings and not the things that we don't have. That we would reflect on your goodness and your mercies in our life. And we pray that, Father, you would help us to continue to be grateful for your presence. And, Father, I pray that if there's anyone here today who has not yet made that personal decision for themselves, maybe they know you, God, but it's not enough just to know you. We need to truly make that personal decision for ourselves. May they call upon your name and know that they can come just as they are. And so we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for your spirit moving in this place. I pray that your blessing would rest upon each one, O oh God, and that truly you would move in their hearts and in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand as the worship team sings this closing song?
Let's pray together. God, we are so blessed to know that we can come before you just as we are, broken, imperfect sinners, God, knowing that you will put us back together, that you will forgive our sins, that you love us so much, that you would send your son to die on a cross for us. So God, as we go from this place, may we remember that it isn't in the things of this earth that we can find joy and fulfillment, but it's in you. May we look for you this week to fill us. May your spirit go with us, guide us, and just convict our hearts, God. And may you bless us this week, wherever we find ourselves. May you continue to watch over us, God, and just be with us. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to greet one another in the foyer and outside, but remember, social distancing, six feet apart from each other. Thank you for those who watched with us online. God bless you.